It's Barely in Topic, a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. Welcome to Barely in Topic. We're in the playoffs, so everything's going to be a little different. Just give me a minute. I'm going to explain this. We're going to be doing two episodes a week, hopefully without a confusing numbering system. Uh, <laughs> you mean actual sequential numbers rather than A and B? <laughs> well, I was hoping that we could do the limit of the Bruins playoffs uh, as X goes to infinity. That's how I was going to name it. But I decided not to do that. It doesn't matter. This is all stuff that doesn't matter. The important thing is we're going to have two episodes a week uh, so that we can be a little more timely. We can talk about the games that have happened. We can kind of maybe look a little bit into the future and, and talk about that. But it should be good. So they're going to be shorter episodes. And unfortunately, they're probably not going to be as funny. But that's okay. You want to talk about the Bruins or hear about the Bruins or something about the Bruins. So that's where, what we're here for. Uh, this week, is that I what have... our listeners are, listeners are here for, though? Or are they or are they here for our shenanigans? It's actually kind of a hard judgment to make. No, I think they want to hear what's brewing in the playoffs. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh there's yeah. Tim with Bump. <laughs> you got the double groan out of that one, Tim. That was uh... <laughs> usually you only pull me, but me, but me and VA. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we already got comments about the maroon. (laughs) I saw that. (laughs) Yes, Russ, we all did. We all kind of groaned, and Tim did have a big shitty grin. That's great. But anyway, uh, you know what? Perhaps listeners could contact us at any of the places uh, that we'll list at the end of the episode to tell us if they're here for Bruins talk or shenanigans. Could be either or. just or. yes. <laughs> hey, that works too. I mean, that's best. That means you're actually going to be happy with the product, right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> exactly. You know? So, we're going to talk about the playoffs today. And, of course, last week we had no idea who the opponent would be because we didn't think that the Bruins could possibly lay an egg on that last game of the season. But they did. When, 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 the, when the Cats had nothing more to play for because play for, they'd been eliminated two days earlier. Yeah. yeah, they had pride, and guess what? They won that series. Good for them. But you know, the Bruins just just at that point, and they clearly for the last week or so, just were in were in giving zero fucks mode. Yeah, <laughs> play, but don't get hurt. Anyway. Yeah. So so we didn't know the opponent. Now we do. <laughs> we definitely know the opponent because we played two games against them. It is the Toronto Maple Leafs, and how fun is this whole thing? Now, Jeff basically said it last week why he didn't want this to happen uh, because he, it's absolutely true. Leafs fans are so freaking butthurt. Oh, by the way, I, for, I forgot to say that uh, we have Anthony, Jeff, and Tim in this week. Yo. Yo. Hello. All right. So Leafs fans are butthurt about everything and we'll go on and that'll be a theme of this episode. We're here to talk about the first two games. Is anybody surprised by the result? Yes. I, I genuinely thought these would be kind of close games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I I thought they would be nail biters. I mean, they were close when the puck dropped originally at the start of the game. Yes, when it was still 0-0. <laughs> <laughs> That's when it was close. Hey, 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 and, and to be fair, the Leafs did have the game tied 1-1 for a spell in game one. They did. And they came out raring uh, yesterday. I mean, they they really uh, started out strong with their speed and didn't work at all. It didn't do anything. But the, at the same the... time, there was that Rick Nash breakaway that didn't convert that was also very early. That's true. So their flaws and holes showed right away, even when they were playing with a lot of jump. <laughs> they, were, they were fast, you know, strong on their skates, and then they fell down 3 nothing. For nothing. Well, they after the third goal, they really slowed down. (laughs) And then gave up the fourth. (laughs) (laughs) Then, at that point, there was no coming back. And every time they tried to come back, every time they scored a goal, the Bruins answered it with one of their own. 
So it didn't help. That didn't help at all either. No, no. Let, let's get back to game one. Because I think there are some really important things to talk about there. And then game two, we can we can have a little fun with that too. Let's talk about everything except for the big incident. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll talk, talk about that too, but let's talk about everything surrounding that. So to start off with, the first thing that I noticed in game one there from, from the get, get-go and one of the earliest shifts is uh, first game back, Rick Nash looks great. Krejci is in the zone with Bruskin Nash on his wings. And the, 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 that line, despite not scoring a lot that game, really put on a show, but really put on a show in my opinion. And it looks like we have playoff Krejci. And when playoff Krejci shows up, runs to the finals happen. This is this is also true, and I was I was surprised at how strong Nash was playing after missing so many games. Uh, he, he, if you had watched just that game, you would not have known that Nash had missed any time at all. He was out. He was skating. He was quick on the puck. He was using his body and he was bullying people around the net. He was doing a lot of work and he, he deserved to score that game. He really did. He, he oh, put in a lot. And like, like the, it's not even necessarily the chemistry with Krejci. His chemistry with DeBrusque is something else. Like a couple of times I watched plays unfold this way. You know, Krejci basically holds back at the blue line and the wings and his wings close in both crashing net, making the plays from there. And it's, uh, it's been very nice to see so far. <laughs> Yeah, the two of them just love to be in and around the front of the net. Where you interesting need to, be. to see a line with two net front guys actually working because you know your convention is a playmaker, playmaker, shooter, mucker, right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean you do have that though because DeBrusque is definitely a shoot first type of player, but he likes to shoot from inside the dots, and then Rick Nash just cleans up the garbage. The other thing with them, it seems like, and it, it seems like ever since Nash came over, is um, DeBrusque is a young guy, and Nash just seems to feed off like that like youthful excitement on the ice. He kind of, it's almost like he's been reinvigorated or or something with that line. And um, I mean, this is the best two wingers that Krejci has had in a while together and he's playing well. We see how well he's playing. I mean, the Bruins have a top two lines there that can compete with absolutely anyone. And that's really important. That happened last year in the playoffs. The Bruins really had one line. That was the big thing. That's because everyone was hurt, right? It's like uh crazy missed most of that round too, right? Played a couple yes. of games in the middle, then went back out again. And crazy isn't, maybe isn't the player he was years ago, but it's pretty obvious that that Bruins playoff um, uh, chances are, are entirely not just about Krejci's presence, but about his performance. Right? Krejci scores a lot in the playoffs. We go to the finals. Krejci doesn't. We make a second round exit. We have enough data points to say that this is the case. And Krejci's absent. We lose in the first round. <laughs> Do you think that Rick Nash has something to prove? Yes, big time. Oh, there was so much talk about. Yeah, you don't. He's like, yeah, you're totally going places when you trade for Rick Nash at the deadline. Playoff, knocking playoff Rick Nash. Dave Lozo was particularly bad about this. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he's down in New York and he's seen a lot of Rick Nash in the playoffs in New York. Yeah. So Rick Nash does have a lot to prove, and he's he's you know probably uh, he's going into the summer's UFA for what may well be his last contract. Yeah, he's like 33, right? So it'll be his last contract. Probably so. He's he's got a lot to uh, he's he's got a fair bit to establish here, right? And he's, he's you know if you got to figure if you're Rick Nash, you're trying to play well enough to get a you know at a minimum a six million a six million a year over five years, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean he made a he made a lot of money on his last contract, right? The one he's finishing now is a six it was worth sixty two sixty two million four hundred thousand over eight years. Oh. So he's got he's got a lot of he's got a lot to to achieve here, right? And he's definitely making it work for him, I think. Yeah. Now, why don't we talk about the the power play in that first game? The Bruins went, (laughs) I think it was a gaudy three for six on the power play. It's not surprising, though, because Toronto was terrible on the penalty kill, especially in March, which, you know, it's like you you think like that month leading up into the playoffs, you want to take a look at how the team's doing there. They're terrible in the penalty kill. So, okay, let's agree that 50% on a power play is, is pretty much killing it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, considering well, in the 2011 the run against Montreal. 
<laughs> who was it? Was it Jeff Ward who was in uh, charge of the power play for a long time? And everybody's like, nah! <laughs> yep, there was fire. Jeff Ward was a campaign on Stanley Cup and Chowder for years. And then he left by his own choice to go coach in Germany. And Thank I was reading you. something yesterday that suggested that the star- that he might make the short list for the Stars needing their new goalie now that Ken Hitchcock's retired. And that just made me laugh. It's like, that's great. Jeff Ward will fuck up a power play on a team that has Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn and Alex Radulov and John Klingberg. It'll be fucking impressive. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I do want to point out that the team he went to go coach in Germany was the Adler Mannheim. (laughs) Mannheim. (laughs) Oh, perfect. Comes full circle. Oh, and it was a Stars game we were watching. It's definitely going to be Jeff Ward now. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff Ward is definitely going to the Stars now. (laughs) Book it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I said there wasn't going to be much fun. I lied, apparently. (laughs) So so anyway, um, okay, yeah, so that power play is, like, if you're not in love with that power play, you better uh, figure out a way to be in love with it and then put a ring on it. Let's go. Well, so it's interesting about it, though, is the thing, right? Is um, so so swing. So, so Cassidy's taking sort of an unconventional approach with the power play here. I guess Sacco, because Sacco's special teams, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, wait a minute. What's his so, name? What's his name, Anthony? Joe Sackman Sacco. Oh, there we go. <laughs> what I, he basically we're, we're so he, he supercharges the first unit, but doesn't necessarily keep it the same cast, right? Like he's moved it around. That first unit's changed a lot, but it's been turbocharged all season. Basically, it leaves the second unit almost completely unarmed, but they're playing like three. But the first unit's playing three quarters of the power play anyway. Now we've seen other teams that have one really good power play unit and one not so good one, and it doesn't play out the way this is. So this first unit is just that good that it doesn't matter how <laughs> futile the second unit is. Do you know uh, who led in in power play minutes in the first game? Please enlighten. Tori Krug with seven minutes and fourteen seconds. Seven minutes and 14 seconds. Fuck. I mean, that can happen when you have a five-minute major in there, but Jesus. <laughs> and he had two power play assists. So, there you go. <laughs> uh, now, uh, conversely, I'll just mention this. Uh, in game two, you had two leaders in power play minutes, but it was not a gaudy seven minutes. It was three minutes and 34 seconds shared by t- <laughs> those twin towers... <laughs> <laughs> Brad Marshan and Tori Krug. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, so they're going to be tall, so it's going to be... Naturally. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> they're both short. That's the joke. <laughs> <laughs> That's the joke. <laughs> that, that, is the, that is the joke. <laughs> And for that game, Tori Krug also had two power play assists. So, oh yeah, we'll we'll get into the, the yeah we'll get into that in a little bit because I still want to wrap up game one. I'm sorry, I'm being I'm leading you all over the place. I'm letting you go out, and then I have to pull you back in because there are great things to talk about, and we're all excited. Before so we how get... big a piece of shit is Nazem Kadri? There we go. Okay, <laughs> the biggest of pile it. of shit is that is that you know. Like is he like a a, a an eighteen wheeler full of shit? Well, look, it's seriously like, though, a knee on knee, boarding and then charging, which was also boarding. <laughs> I mean, that pile of shit is the size of Jurassic Park when that dude fell in it. <laughs> <laughs> like that's Nazim Kadri, right there. <laughs> Kadri was playing as big of a piece of shit as. Everyone else thinks Marshand is all the time. Well, yeah, well to be I fair, mean, Marshand is a piece of shit. Let's, let's, also, let's not sugarcoat that one. It's true. <laughs> I mean, it's true. But the reputation of Marshand's shittiness is greater than his actual shittiness. And like I, like I mentioned this, guys, in our in a chat yesterday, that uh, there was an article on, on Stanley Cup of Chowder by Colin Beswick methodically suggesting that Kadri's act is, in fact, materially dirtier than Marshand. And that oh. sounds like a Homer thing. But he also went out of his way to say, no, Marshand's a dirty asshole. End sentence. But Kadri's only ever been suspended for headshots. We we have struggled with how we feel about some of the things that Brad does. We love Brad. We he we love him. He's ours. 
you know so yeah, he's, he's our asshole exactly right <laughs> right so it's like it's like he's our family member and we love him but we can't always be behind what he does when he's when he's trolling and he's not hurting anybody it's brilliant he is such a brilliant troll but the, he's skating such a fine line there at oh, times see that See, that's just he's being he's being smart about his his, his douchebaggery this, this this series so far, right? Yes. I mean, he really really got in the Komarov's head there, and he's just so <laughs> and just and just so supremely like this. Like he has a permanent shitting grin on his face now. <laughs> not not only is he in his head, he's in the head of Leafs fans everywhere to the point where they wanted him suspended for sexual assault. Oh God! And as I said yesterday, is it a personal space boundary? Yes. Are we going to elevate it to sexual assault? No. And if that's the case, then Nazim Kadri, that's attempted murder, what he did to Wingles. Why weren't like, we calling 911? <laughs> because we're not in Canada. That's why. Now, actually, this is something else that I kind of want. I mentioned yesterday, too, that I kind of want to bring up as well. So, Brad, I think I finally figured out why he's just why he's gone full Ric Flair this season. Okay. Basically, he's had two seasons. This is his third consecutive season of being a full-stop elite player. He always has been, but being, like, unambiguously so, right? Mm-hmm. What Brad realized sometime probably during last season was that, oh, people aren't going to change my, their opinions Opinions of me being a rat, being, being a fuck-ass here just because I'm a good player, so why not own it? Right. Which is, like, the most amazing bit of self-awareness I've ever seen from an athlete. Um, and it's unfortunate that he, you know, but, but Sue's like, okay, if he's, he basically says like, okay, fine, I'm the monster you want me to be. But he can have fun doing it. And he is the having villain a we lot deserve. of fun doing it. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the- it, 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 it sucks to be the bad guy that everybody hates and then to, to like really like draw that in and then just make yourself the bad guy and make yourself worse. But if you can have fun with being the bad guy, be it. <laughs> I mean, and we, we saw that at the- at the All-Star game, to the booze, at the crowd. He blew kisses and waved. That was great. And everybody, you know what? There were so many people in the media who loved it. The people who understand that this is all supposed to be fun. Well, exactly. They hate that he was at the All-Star game. And rightfully so. He was suspended. He shouldn't have been there. Right. But, you know, under the circumstances, he, he was the only good thing about the All-Star game in years since they got rid of the breakaway challenge. Right, yeah, because just the stuff he was like, you know, like, oh, oh, like that guy got me with the stick. Is there blood coming out of my nose? Oh, God. It's the entertainment factor. Are you not entertained? Exactly. Again, he's, 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 he's full Ric Flair, and, and I love it. And I would really desperately want to see, to watch a lengthy, in-depth interview with him about his philosophy about what he is as a player and how he came to be here and these choices because i bet it would be one of the most interesting interviews a player's ever given he's gonna have to do it after he's done i think so yeah but i would love to see if my theory here about why he's become embraced being a heel so much i'd love to see that if he views it that way as well but you know what okay i i said this the other day we're gonna get back to cadre here but uh basically you know how every time Kadri is mentioned, especially with regards to his whole game one there, or not his whole game because he got kicked out. You know, all the stuff that he did in that game, the the knee, the boarding of Wingles, and then the charging boarding that that resulted in the, the game misconduct. Every time we bring up Kadri, and I've said his name like three different ways now, every time we bring him up, everybody goes, but Marshan, and it's become... And I, I hate to do this, but I'm going to do it. It's, it's butter emails. <laughs> it's the butter emails of the NHL. It really is. Like, nobody, like, I thought that was a good point. And everybody was just like, I'm just going to look over here. I'm going to pretend that never happened. I'm not going to like it. I'm not going to retweet it. I'm not going to agree with her. And I'm standing over here alone on an island. And I assert that that's what this is. God damn it, that's what it is. Well, well, that's the thing. Yes, yes, Brad does a lot of awful things on the ice. That Wait. is utterly irrelevant to Kadri's behavior. Yes, yes, yes. Can we have things that, can we just look at individual players and what they're doing? Martian had nothing to do with any of that. Well, well, that's just it. If Kadri had, had like, attacked, attacked Martian for play, play, taking liberties with someone else, then maybe that argument would have some weight. Not a lot, but some. Right, right. But he didn't. He was mucking it up with Wingles, which... Oh my god, how fucking stupid are you, Naz? 
<laughs> the charging boarding happened. There's no way that you can convince me that Kadri looked at that and thought, well, Marner just got elbowed and I can't get out of my hit. Are you kidding? He skated he over there. He was already full and steam <laughs> no, the elbow. <laughs> he, he actually decided to go and make that hit when he saw Wingles fall down. There's no way. He was looking right at him. Oh, he and, made and also, that decision to his hit excuse, him. His excuse or the excuse being provided by Leafs fans, that constitutes intent, which in the regular season would have made that a 10-game suspension. Yep. And yeah. I also I saw I also saw the argument, well, he wouldn't have had to do that if they had just called the elbow on Wingles. What? There was he no was elbow on him. He was already moving. All that happened in a span of three seconds. No okay. whistle is gonna no whistle on the elbow is gonna stop Naz and Kadri from trying to take off Wingles' head there. One, we know that refs don't always call the actual play, they call the retaliation. Okay? So that was a dumb move right there. Okay. Two, you never hip check somebody's head into the boards. It would just never occur to 99.9% of the players out there to ever do that. He left no his one fucking skates. His skates left the ice. Yes. Yes. He fully committed to a hip check to the head with, and charged at it. He, nobody would do that, but he did that. Okay. Like, and then that nobody. Hit honestly, Matt Cook dirty. Yeah, yeah, and nobody would defend that by saying, oh, I couldn't have possibly not hit him. I was committed to the hit. You didn't commit to the hit until you saw Wingles go down. What should a player do in this situation? Please, can you can you tell me what a player should do when they, they think that their other their teammate has been wronged by somebody and it didn't get called? What should the player do? Come on, guys. You fight him. Be a man about him. Fight it. You drop the gloves. Yeah. Wingles would have gladly dropped the gloves. We know that. We've seen him do that. That would have been an appropriate way to, to handle that. Even if Wingles didn't actually do anything, which I don't think he did, you know, he still would have been like, okay, fine, let's do it, right? Well, I would, I would offer one rebuttal there is if you're, if you're a player as good as Kadri, you're not the one that drops the gloves with, with, with Wingles. Yeah, but you know what? If you're the one feeling it, you do it. <laughs> okay? And, in, and instead of getting himself a five-minute um, fighting penalty, he got himself suspended for three games. So And tossed out of the game for the rest of the game. Yeah, so and, essentially four games there that he and, cost himself. And, and not just that, but like... Kadri is entirely too important for that team. Like, you gotta reckon that um, uh, Mike Babcock is losing his mind over how he's gonna deal with matchups, even when he has a last change, when they go back when they go back to Toronto. Because basically, you have to assume his tactic for when he had control over the situation was to use, was to deploy the Kadri line against against against, against Berger and Martian and Pasternak. Yep. Yep. Um, now, without that, his choices, if he wants to have give Matthews a chance to feast upon lo- lesser competition, his choices are either Mar- the, are either Marlowe or, or Bozak. Mm. Both perfectly fine, good, solidly, defensively, defensively responsible players who are not even kind of up to that challenge anymore. I mean, Bozak never was. Marlowe Marlo at this point, not anymore. So, I mean, Kadri really fucked the leaps over there with his own stupidity. Like, profoundly so. And I think that's why Leafs fans are so anxious to deflect. Because for some reason, they don't want to be angry at their own player right now. And they should be. You should be angry at him because he decided to be a piece of shit instead of being a man. Yeah. That's the thing. That's, this, this is supposed to be a game of men. It's not supposed to be a game of shit-ass players. Yep. But I do want to point out something. The Leafs were losing that game when he left the game and they continued to lose. So he was not a reason why they lost that game. And I want to point out, too, the refs are not the reason why the Leafs lost that game, either. The refs didn't give up five fucking goals to the Boston Bruins. No. Nope. The Leafs did. Not three power <laughs> the, play the refs goals. Didn't, the refs didn't fail to convert on, was it three or was it four power plays that the Leafs had that game? Three. The, yeah, the, the refs didn't make them go 0% on the power play. No, and the refs didn't make them go uh, 50 Oh, God, it wasn't even 50%. Was it 43% or whatever it was on the penalty kill? Yeah, they didn't make them do that. You know, the refs were make, don't get me wrong. The refs always make questionable things. It's like, oh, okay. I guess that's not a thing anymore. But uh, that, you know, when it counted, the refs didn't make mistakes. Okay. Well, again, and you know, you want to criticize the refs that game? Okay, fine. Why wasn't Kadri called for knee on knee on Nash in the first? So I don't, the Leafs, Leafs fans don't have really any legs to stand on here. You know what, Leaf fans? I know that you haven't been here before, but you should act like you have. 
you really, <laughs> so you really <laughs> should. <laughs> grow a pair. I don't care what it's a pair of. Just grow them. Oh, God. Okay, so let's talk about that totally gorgeous, awesome game that I went to last night. Thank you, Jean Catherine. Yeah, that game last night. Oh, wow. Um, I coined a, a new term after Tori Krug got his uh, third assist at that point. <laughs> I, I tweeted Jeff and said, uh, you know, I, I don't even remember. I could probably look it up. What was it? It was about if he was okay because uh, had he had his Krugasm yet. Except the, your phone intervened and ruined it. <laughs> it did? If I remember right, there was an autocorrect problem. I didn't know you were talking about it first. Hang on. Scrolling through, scrolling through. No, 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 no. I it, I tweeted at you, at Dr. Hand Grenade, have you had a Krugasm yet? Three assists, dot, 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 in the first. And then you responded with the Jonah Hill, like, ah! Ah, uh, yes, happening. yes, I did. <laughs> yes, yes. You know what, guys? It's okay to have Krugasms. You know, you should probably have plenty during this series. <laughs> you know, and that's, that's something, you know, Tori, Tori Krug is, is, for all the bad mouthing we give Peter Chiarelli, like, he got Tori Krug to sign in Boston at a time when there was no guarantee, as a college free agent, at a time where we couldn't guarantee, we, we didn't guarantee him a roster spot from the, from the outset and still got him to come. Thank you. Thank you, Pete. Thank you, Pete. I'd like to also point out that that game we could have also had a first line gasm because they the first line had fourteen fucking points last night and they've had I mean, twenty in the two games. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I did. Um, um, Pasta is now the 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 um the the, the youngest player to ever score um uh, six uh, six points in a in a playoff game. Yep. Yeah. He Younger than Wayne Gretzky. Gretzky. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he's the only the second Bruin to ever do it. The last one was Espo. So, you know, that's pretty fucking good company to keep there. <laughs> oh, Pasta only had three goals last last playoff run. Right. He's got four. Yes. <laughs> in two games. He's got four in two games and he's got five assists. So two games, nine points. Um, that's a. He's 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 scoring at a four and a half point per game clip, you folks. <laughs> Speaking of that top line, though, so game one, naturally, I, I I always put it to a vote: do I wear the cabriolet or do I wear the I wore the posture doc for game one. Emily wore her Bergeron for game one. They win. I put my posture on jersey back on last night. She tries to put her Lucic on. Like, no, no, no. No, no. You don't mess with the hockey guts. You put the first rod back on. <laughs> but I haven't washed it. That, I don't care. You're, you're not supposed care. to wash it. No. We're li- first of all, they're line mates. We're together. We're, we're line mates. So you keep this shit going. After well, about two and a half minutes of intensely going, do not wear that fucking Luchich jersey. She wore the first rod. I wore the pasta. And success. Yeah, because uh, Bergie had how many assists last night? One, two... Four. <laughs> All of them? Yep. Yeah, so it worked. I, I wore my Krug jersey, and that was... And, he had, and he's had he's been great so far. Thank you, VA. You're welcome. I wore a Chari on the first night, but I I have to point out that my dog, who is I am Vegas the dog on Twitter, she wears a David Backus jersey, and the two times she's worn it, he has scored goals. But she didn't wear it last night because... She had to stay home, and we were not at home. I've actually got, like, this crazy, crazy mix-up going with shirts. So during during the day, I have to wear Mookie Betts, which is Red Sox. <laughs> but what, come game time, it's Hey Guys Bear shirt. And during the day, it's Stanley Cup champion 2011 hat. This, this is what's going so far, and so far it's worked. Uh, last night, I, I, I wore the jersey of the fallen. Poor Brandon Carlo, who I, I did think about this during game one a little bit more. I, I feel, especially when I was looking at time and ice. Oh, yeah. By the way, your your time and ice, your shorthanded time and ice leader for game one was uh, Adam McQuaid. I, and I thought that is the one place that they will miss him is uh, penalty kill. But so basically, I wore a jersey last night. It was my, my symbolism of pouring one out for my for my homie. And uh, it worked, I think. 
So, and it used to be really cute when Glenn and I matched up when he had the char and I had the Brandon Carlo. <laughs> I know. I miss that. Maybe someday. Maybe next year. No, just kidding. So that's a that's our superstitionist talk right there. Uh, well, no, one other thing though. So in the past, I've had to stick with the same beverage as as long as it went one right. The problem I put, I put myself and painted myself into a corner on Thursday by having bought cider earlier in the week, and that was what I had in the fridge. Now I don't I don't dislike cider, but I didn't really want to be drinking it for the entire playoffs. So I rolled the dice yesterday, bought other beer, and it worked. So I think alcohol might be exempt from superstitions for me this year, which is great because I oh, like to mix it up. That's good. <laughs> Glenn has to drink a Sam Adams IPA. It doesn't matter which IPA, it's got to be Sam Adams IPA, which works. Yeah. I mean, I did have a little bit of Black Velvet luck last night. (laughs) 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 Oh, oh God, that's so funny. Cool. So far, I think that that Anthony and I, we both have no points on our guys, do we? I don't think so. Yep. So we're both winning this uh, bet so far. (laughs) <laughs> or both losing, depending on how you want to look at it. Uh, okay, so anyway, last night's game. Hat trick! Pasta trick! Oh my god, we one of our members lost a hat and had to replace it with a beautiful gold one. It was the same hat, except it was gold. I picked it out. Good call. Yeah, I figured you'd like it, even though you all think I have terrible taste. I, I think I think um, Pasta's uh, choice of hat yesterday, I, I know, for, for game two, Big part of why he, you know, got all the hats yesterday. Because that hat was spectacular. <laughs> like, like seriously, like Posternock is is, is, is is in terms of fashion is going full is going full Subban, and I'm loving it. <laughs> he really is. Wow, I haven't seen this hat. He had that. He had the hat trick last night. He had uh, three assists. That first line had 14 points. That first line is an absolute buzzsaw, and there is no stopping them at all. Well, that's just it. It's just like, I feel, think about how terrifying facing that line must be to be any other skater in the league at this point. Oh my gosh. And I, and I did point this out during the game last night and it's actually my most favorited tweet ever. You have pasta, you have Bergeron and you have Marchand locked up long-term for under $20 million a year. Oh my God. Motherfuckers! <laughs> I think Kane and Taves are like twenty, aren't they? Or twenty-one? Twenty-one. And, and Taves they are... is not good anymore. Taves had an objectively bad season, not by his standards in general. <laughs> and it's funny because I think about like the Leafs and their young players, how their ELCs are coming up. They're gonna have to spend more than twenty million dollars on their top players, well, and it's gonna be hilarious. Well, that's just it, right? So, so, so Nylander is, is RFA this year, and then um, uh, Matthews and Marner in a year. The amount of money they're going to have to spend on those three is going to make it awful hard for them to fix that shitty, shitty fucking defense. By the way, their top defenseman, Morgan Riley, this team, our team has run him over roughshod. Oh. I, I, I think they're, pick, they're, picking a, they're scraping a smear off the ice that used to be Morgan Riley. That's what he gets <laughs> for spelling Riley wrong. Yeah, God, I hate that because it's spelled really. <laughs> Yep. To be fair, it's like really Morgan. That's what you're doing out there on the ice. <laughs> Although, I really Morgan say, Riley. <laughs> in Riley's defense, it was it was Gardner and um, Zaitsev that lost the game for the Leafs yesterday because that was those those were some bad breakdowns on the first like four Bruins goals. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's really bad that you say that it's bad breakdown in the first four goals. Um, but also I'd like to point out on the the goal that got pasta the hat trick did we see the wonderful like unplugged controller defense of austin matthews on that oh gosh that was like the, <laughs> that classic ovechkin mag yes <laughs> it was he was just like oh, i'm just gonna watch this happen right now let's see let's see how it goes by the way i'm actually positioned to do something about it unlike that ovechkin gift <laughs> <laughs> he just kind of skated in he kind of watched it happen he was like yeah okay and i love how last night too someone actually asked him after the game like the Bruins top line has 20 points what do you think about that and he was just like shit happens i guess that's hockey I was just like, he seems so dejected after That's just two That's not a good games. answer to give, too, right? You know a coach like Babcock is going gonna to fucking give it to him for an answer like that. Yeah, 
I mean, to to, <laughs> to to for a player to sound so down and out after the first two games, I mean, oh, and he can't get anything going because if they they've been if he goes against the Bergeron line, Bergeron is just skating circles around him and giving him a clinic on how to play defense, and it's just oh, it's beautiful to see. So. If you're Mike Babcock, though, what do you do going into Game Three? Because you obviously want to put your best skilled players against the top, against the Bergeron line, but then you need to get your offense rolling, so you can't put them against the Bergeron line. And oh. so, does Mike Babcock just now have an aneurysm? Well, that's just, that's why Kadri fucked the Leafs badly with that hit. Because what do you, you what do you do? You you, you... Okay, if you want to score, you keep you keep the Matthew the Matthews line away from from Bergeron. But okay, fine. Now now you've lined up. That means you're line, now lining Bozak or Marlowe against Bergeron line, and that's going to go really badly for you if you're the Leafs. <laughs> keep doing it. Even Tuka even Tuka agrees. <laughs> I know. I, I've been listening to her commentary. It's been pretty solid. <laughs> it's uh, it's just anything that the Leafs do right now. I mean, uh I, I saw I saw another tweet that was because uh, you know how the Leafs um a lot of Leafs fans had the uh, had the whole the Leafs are actually good thing going on the last couple of years. Well, yeah. I saw one that was the Leafs are actually food, <laughs> <laughs> which I laughed really hard at because I mean it's it's kind of just like it seems like it's just practice for the Bruins for the next series right now well you know I, I had heard something from national reporters i think it was probably wasinski and maybe somebody else who said that yes tuka uh, basically she's telling me that she heard the same thing and that the consensus is that toronto is about a year or two off from making a serious cup run but they do want to make a, a statement in this in this uh this round of playoffs but you know they're probably not there yet well, what they need, the thing is, they need to do it next year. See, here's the statement while, they're while actually Matthews, making. Well, Matthews and Marnell, Marner are still cheap. It has to be next year. That's the thing. the The statement they're actually making is, we're not going to be able to do it because we're not going to have the money to actually field a competent defense after next year. So that's too bad. In the way this is going, I can see them making a really, really strong play for Carlson. Oh God, no! I don't, I don't want to have that. to hate him. But, but you know what I mean, right? I mean, he's, he's yep. okay. Carlson's going to be available. There's there's a, a strange history between the Leafs and the Sens tra- tra- trading defensemen. I, mean, I was sure just was thinking Lurch. about was... yeah, I was thinking about Lurch last night. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> enough. His new team, of course, is Louis, has lost two games to the Golden Knights, so that's going well. Um, anyway, but uh, <laughs> that makes me so happy because he's constantly but... going around you ring and then not doing very much of anything else. <laughs> Tuka hates Lurch too. <laughs> I love Lurch on the Adams family, but as for a hockey player, no, thanks. Yeah, I don't. Anyway, I can see them making a strong push for Carlson because then they, they then they don't necessarily have to pay Carlson any year if he gets them a cup, right? So basically, right. it's a one year incredible upgrade while they get the last bit out of the Matthews and Marner ELCs. But anyway, this isn't um, uh, this isn't this isn't leafly on topic, so. <laughs> Thank God, we'd be pretty depressed if it was. <laughs> yep. Um, uh, yeah, I, I imagine uh, um, certain things like, say, um, uh, Steve uh, Dangle's um, uh, um, uh, <laughs> game recap vlogs are probably going to be a, a scene. <laughs> well, game one was at the game one recap was an absolute shit show of telling us that Brad Marchand gets away with everything. He and... never does get away with anything. He doesn't. He just doesn't. Like, yeah, but Brad gets away with fuck all at this point. That's the thing, right? So that was that was wild. And and the Le- I've seen a lot of Leafs fans too saying that like, oh, this is the biased NHL wanting American teams to win. And I'm just like, what? When did this narrative start? Like, hey, you dumb fuck Leafs fans. You guys have the most mar- the, the, the most marketable and probably best ever American player on your team right now. So like that, that thesis kind of disintegrates with uh, any scrutiny. Now, mind you, <laughs> the NHL and the M- NBC would probably 
NBC, guys at NBC would probably die of a stroke if we ended up hypothetically with a Leafs Jets final. And, and to top it off, it's all oh the refs are biased for the Bruins. When did that narrative start, too? Holy cow! It's the Leafs just want to be like the you hate us because you ain't us kind of thing. But they're not good enough. They're not good enough for that. We we hate you just because you guys suck. That's why we hate you. Oh, and then look at... And, and, and we, we destroyed their depth. JVR looks like he's forgotten how to hockey. Kevin Miller is right up in his dome. Yeah, I mean, JVR scored a garbage time goal last night. That's tell, cool. Tell me it but wasn't like other garbage than that, time. He's, uh, but other than that, he's looked awful. Yeah. Guess who didn't score a garbage time goal and an actual meaningful goal? Kevin Miller. <laughs> so you know, Speaking uh, of yeah, Kevin Miller, I yeah. think playoff Kevin Miller is about to become a, he's becoming a thing. Remember, he was a beast last year. In these two games, Kevin Miller has been all over the place. Yeah, I think, he's... I, I think we should have a blanket like, Kevin, we are so sorry for the things we've said about you. And oh. this year, we, we know better... Than, than not that you are you are the player that we've been talking about the player who doesn't develop on a certain timeline who takes his time and really takes his uh his opportunities to grow and develop and we're sorry we are so sorry again Kevin Miller. just he's changed he's changed everything about himself in the last couple of years Kevin, like, he's such a good skater now how the fuck did that happen <laughs> Kevin can blame it all on me that's all I have to say. He can blame it all on me. Well, he can blame it on all of us. It's 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 okay. I think it's it. You know what? It's good to admit that you're wrong. And this is our opportunity to say, Kevin, we were wrong about you. Even though we've been talking about a player exactly like you, but we didn't really realize it. And we are sorry. And you just keep going and doing your thing. I love that he hits everything and not oh, just that... like occasionally making you know. You know, being a hitter or whatever, you know, he goes out and makes body contact a lot. No, he hits everything. And then and he continues to play like he doesn't put himself out of position by doing it, which that's remarkable. No one, even like some of the best hitters ever do that. Like like you, like, like only people like Rob Blake and, and uh, really managed to still be in position and in the play while throwing booming hits. He's showing the, you that you can be smart about your hits and still make them. Well, yeah. and also last night he, I think it was he and Komarov yeah, he had demolished a hit. Kom- he demolished Komarov. Like Komarov went to try to hit him back as well, and Komarov like bounced off of him and now is like out. Well, see, he did yeah, between that and, and and his hit on JVR in Game One, um, Miller is, is absolutely is trucking some of the biggest guys on the Leafs out right there. Mm-hmm. Just like you know what? No, actually, you're dead now. Um, <laughs> You know, remember the the part of the game that everybody probably liked was that he would fight people, yeah. and oh my god, he would demolish people. He isn't doing that. I don't even he think need he had, to. I don't think he's he had recognizes a that, that he recognizes that there's more important things for him to do because he's a good defenseman. And like I will say, yeah, you might not like this. I think even though Car- Carlo was playing super super well before before his uh, injury, mm-hmm. I think now we would still be seeing Kevin on the Krug pairing rather than Carlo. I don't really like uh, Carlo and the Krug pairing. Yeah, they tried really hard to make that work, and I think it's just not happening. I think a Carlo a Carlo Grizz pairing would be definitely worth an extended an extended run out where you know Carlo not hurt. Well, okay, we got to get my boy into the playoffs at some point. Hopefully next. year. I know year, what the fuck, right? <laughs> I don't know what what he did to the hockey gods, but that is not fair because that kid deserves to play in the playoffs. But look, you know, I can sit here and I can be hurt all day about like oh my god jeff doesn't like my defenseman ever he always tells me that they're fours or fives or sixes or whatever i'm not gonna do that i don't care the thing is i think the carlo was beginning to put it together and the shame is that he was beginning to put it together and he was making a new game for himself playing a new game and which is remarkable because he's 21 yeah he's he's accepting that he is not going to be uh, and offensive. I mean, he always described himself as a stay at home, but I think now he's starting to really accept that that's what he is. Right. Uh, it's different in different leagues, right? He might yeah. have been a lot more potent in the WHL, but he's not now. Yeah. Basically, I think he, he's realizing, okay, I'm not going to be a Chara. I should be trying to be a Kevin Miller. In those last few games before his injury, that's what he was looking like. Right. And you know what? That's, that's great. Because guess that's, what? That's, 
we don't was really good (laughs) we what you ideally want is you want the guy who's going to be going up the ice and you know being part of the offense in a way or or really helping out the offense and you want a guy who's going to be like yep i can make the passes yeah i i can skate really nicely and i i do worry about that when he comes back if he's going to be able to skate as well but I'm not going to worry about that right now. But the point he's is, got a lot of he'll have a lot of rehab time on this one. Yeah. Well, I've had that surgery. It takes a while. Well, because he's not going to be back for the playoffs, he has all offseason too. So that's that's a positive. Right, right, right. But I'm just saying, like in in regular life, that that injury is not fun to deal with. It isn't. He's going to have the best rehab. He's going to have like people like, you know, athletic trainers. They they really know how to do these things. So he's going to have the best of everything. It's going to be great. But, you know, I just worry because he he's a beautiful skater. He really is. Like, he's already what Kevin Miller had to work to make him in that respect. So he's mm-hmm. just got to upgrade the rest of his game. And that was the big thing at the end there. He was starting to bring in a ton more physicality than we've ever seen from him. Right, right. So it's like uh, it was the mean pills. That's what they called it. I thought that was really cute. But, uh, you know, uh, speaking of skating, I do want to just say one thing. Last night I was watching... Uh, I was watching uh, Chara's footwork. Now, Chara looked a little old and tired last night, but his footwork is great. Because there was uh, something about, you know, the SI article that came out within the last couple of weeks. Uh, Oh, that was beautiful. Yeah, it was. So I was watching his footwork and it's it's gorgeous. It's like, remember when Chara looked like a giraffe on ice? He doesn't look like that anymore because he's been working on it. And he's dropped his his skating stance way lower. Right. right? And And that's part of it. And he's learning from other people. He's learning from speed skaters, figure skaters, other other athletes. So he's like constant student of, of life. Well, that, that, that's something about that SI article, too. Someone is going to write a spectacular thesis on his training regimen if he ever gives people access to his lifetime of notes. Like, but like really, though, like that's gonna, someone's going to write like like write, write a definitive thesis on 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 training and conditioning for hockey with those with, with that documentation who's to say it isn't zdeno chara himself who's to say that zdeno chara doesn't go through all of his notes and then he comes up with some phd uh, thesis for uh athletic training in like kinesiology or whatever it is because that article said his notes went back to what like when he was like eight or something like that i thought it was 14 but yeah okay it, a I, long I, time i remember yeah okay so either case that's 26 years of record, uh, 26 years of training notes every he, day. He documents the pain or whatever, however yeah, it yeah, feels. What's, what, what's sore after, after a workout and stuff. That's sick. Yeah. yeah. That information is just truly amazing. Like I, I can't, Chara is, is after reading that, I already kind of knew this, but Chara has got to be the most underappreciated athlete of his era. Of yeah. any era. Mm-hmm. Well, like VA said, he's a student of life. He wants to learn about everything. And, oh, well, what's it? He speaks five languages and is functional in four more or something like that. <laughs> Why? Because he takes being a captain seriously. It wants to be able to talk to everyone else on the ice. Right. Yeah. So uh, another person I was looking at last night was Rick Nash. And I was like, Rick Nash doesn't know. I mean, like the way he looked on the ice last night from my angle, I was like, does he know how to move in his body? Because he looks so awkward. <laughs> but, 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 you know, but, but you notice once he gets some speed going, he's a... Uh... Like once he take you know he's, his acceleration's not great, but once he gets moving, his footwork's pretty good. Like that breakaway in the first period. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm just talking about his body in general. Game too, yeah. Yeah, his, I was talking about his body in general. It, it's not really anything. Is more of like like what's going on there? <laughs> why does that work? That's the thing. It's like you look at that, you're like, why does that work? Because he does not look like he knows how to move in it. You know, like, uh, like you could argue like, uh, like, uh, uh, Brandon Carlo, beautiful skater has, uh, he's six foot five. He's going to be a little awkward, but he doesn't look that awkward. I guess maybe he's better at knowing what his body's like. I don't know. This is getting away from me. Okay. So last night, your time on ice winner was Kevin Miller, 23 minutes and 25 seconds. Power play, we said before it was Krug and, uh, Marshy at 3:34. Your shorthanded time on ice leader was Zidane Chara. Now in the first game, because I'm keeping an eye on, Ch- on Chara's time on ice. The first game he was on the, he was shorthanded on the ice for about three minutes and 34 seconds. And he, he, I think he had the second 
most time on ice of defensemen anyway. Total. I just feel like maybe we should not rely on Chara to be like leading in shorthanded time on ice. I mean, he is our best guy, but yeah, it's like you have games where like he and McQuaid have played an entire penalty kill, right? Yeah, yeah. And like I said, I think this is where Carlo would fit in. Yes, exactly. I mean, Chara playing that much time in the penalty kill is good because it frees up Krug and McAvoy and Grizzlick to be available to be available to play big minutes on penalty on, on the on the power play, right? Right. So, I mean, they're, they're, it's good, but again, I mean, we're relying on it to play so much even strength too. So. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough because basically he's still playing like 18 plus minutes of or almost 18 minutes of uh, even strength. That's and that's that's maybe that's, that's not a so lot much. of even strength ice time. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, it's something I'm going to keep on an eye on during uh, the playoffs. I'm writing down these things. I actually have notes. I'm hoping it will give us more insight to every game what's going on because you can see things and you can look at other stat lines and and I'm going to let other people look at other stat lines and I'll I'll take a look at this stuff because I'm kind of genuinely interested in it and face-offs because I've renewed my love of face-off comparison reports. (gasps) Riley Nash, please come back tomorrow because Noel is having a hard time. That's all I'm saying. Oh my gosh, that's the other thing. The Bruins still aren't 100% healthy. (laughs) Nope, and they've managed to score 12 goals in two games. (laughs) This could actually get better. (laughs) So I think it's important for Bruins fans right now. Okay, so we're going to wrap this up. It's important for Bruins fans right now to not get cocky. Enjoy the ride. Realize that there are going to be some bumps. And fucking celebrate that Nazem Kadri got a three-game suspension, which is virtually unheard of in the playoffs. And only hurt Tommy Wingles, not an important player, in, to, to get that three games. <laughs> Every player is an important player, but well, I understand You know what point. I mean, right? Yes. You know, it, it, it's so. like a trade-off. It's like, the, it's like the penalty trade-off, or a fight trade-off. You have Nazem Kadri, who's very important to the everything the Leafs do, and you have a fourth-line player. Fourth-line player who, at full health, is our 13th or 14th skater. So, I mean, <laughs> that's, in that sense, I get that. It just stinks that it happened in general. But he did it to himself. Get better soon, Tommy. That's what we're trying to say in an awkward way. Yep. Okay, so... Okay, I think we've covered a lot of stuff here. Everybody knows that the schedule is uh, Monday night and then Thursday night. If there's, yeah, those are the game three and four. Those are the things we know for sure. So, listeners, you've been listening to Barely on Topic. Thank you for coming by. You can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, and wherever your favorite podcasts are found. If you've liked what you heard, rate us a bunch of stars. Tell your friends. Scream us from the rooftops. Because if you like it, other will other people will too make sure they find out you can talk to us on twitter at barely on topic and on facebook it's at barely on topic podcast and of course on our individual twitter accounts i am uh, at dr hand grenade i am at va from ri i am at tim a richardson and i'm at carbon base 18 okay play us out tim irene nash <laughs>